We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Flo. And this is my impression of a 1930s gangster using Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Yeah, see? This Name Your Price tool really lays it all out on the table, see? All I had to do was tell her how much I wanted to spend, and it gave me options in one place, see? Makes all of it easy to see, see? It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. I might need glasses so I can see more when I'm doing gangster stuff, see? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to an upper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb. Along with me is Andrew Laird at Rotowire Andrew on the Twitter, myself at Sports by Gotti. Another great weekend coming up here of Premier League action. We're going to get to all of that. We'll get to our DraftKings Daily Dose at the end of the podcast as usual. So if you want a sneak peek into how we're looking at the weekend, that would be the best time to tune in. But for now, 
let's talk about the Champions League reaction. Anything you learned from Arsenal, for example, beating Bayern Munich midweek? They clearly should have been starting Peter Cech this entire time. <laughs> I don't. I actually had an I had a thought that Arsenal would be able to win one of the two because I feel like they usually have one good performance against like a very good team in the Champions League, and then they come up short. And obviously, with Bayern's the best team that they're going to face at this point, so. Uh, I had a feeling it was actually going to be in Germany. I thought they would get smoked in London and then they would uh, kind of squeak out one in, in Munich, but it looks like it may go the other way. I'm fully convinced that they're going to lose like 5 nothing when they go back. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll find out. It was a good out. win. It was yeah, a good it's, win. It's a, it's a good win, but any, anything, any positive signs you think they'll take into the Premier League weekend? I think they, I mean, they played exactly how they're built to play. Um, and I think... I, I'm worried that Olivier Giroud is starting to play very well off the bench that uh, Arsene Wenger is going to think about bringing him back into the starting lineup. But he's the only one I worry about. Aaron Ramsey's hurt, which means we could see a little more Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, which I think is always a plus for them because when Walcott is playing uh, the center forward spot, they tend to get very slow uh, behind him or on the wings outside of Alexis. Like Ramsey's not particularly fast. Cazorla's like quick, but he's not actually fast. And uh, the same thing with Ozil, that like they can cover space, but they're just he's quick that... in a t- he's quick in a telephone booth. Yeah, right. So I think uh, Oxlade Chamberlain kind of brings an, an added dimension to their attack that uh, Ramsey doesn't. And you know, I think Ramsey works better with Giroud because they can kind of hold up and try to feed Giroud in the box, whereas Walcott's built on speed, and Oxlade Chamberlain plays that same kind of game. So I think I think it's a big a big opportunity for him. Yeah. And I, and I learned that Chelsea would have a nice fight if they were going to try to win the championship in the Ukraine <laughs> not be, would not be automatic. All right. But enough nonsense. Though. Can you, uh, do you want to comment at all about as Pilicueta playing on the left side again? No. Okay. I don't carry on. <laughs> we'll get to that I, later I, then. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we, when we talk about them. Actually, we'll, we'll, let's start talking about the weekend here. Uh, there's no technically there's no early game on Saturday this week because they just loaded up on Sunday. It's uh, there's going to be four games on Sunday. So everyone who plays the Sunday slates, uh, you're going to have more options this time. Yep. You'll have eight teams to choose from usually instead of two or four. Yeah. The three, so, three of the four games are excellent. I yes, think. they are. Yeah, but we we, we we'll cover all we cover all the games and our daily dose is actually for the Saturday slate. So um, you'll, we'll get to that later on as well. But uh, the first game to start us off here, uh, relegation bound, you have to say at this point, Aston Villa at Villa Park against Swansea, who've also been struggling a little bit. And spe- specifically, my boy Andre Ayew has really been rather invisible the past you know, two, uh, three, uh, three or four games. So, Yeah, I was reading uh, Tate McIntyre's FPL barometer. Well, I was editing, you know, while I was editing it, and he listed Ayu as, as falling. He does three rising, three falling, and I thought to myself, have have they been really that bad? And the answer is yes, <laughs> they have been. Uh, you know, Bafitimi Gomi's had you know a goal in four straight games, hasn't sniffed the goal since. I th- I don't think, and yeah, Ayu's struggling. I think Sigurdsson was actually on the bench last weekend, if I remember correctly. So they're trying to either shake things up that way, but yeah, it's a struggling side, and I wonder if if people are overthinking it and saying maybe Aston Villa is a good defensive play this weekend or Swansea comes out and just blasts them because Villa, have, I mean, if Swansea's struggling, Villa's in big trouble. 
I think there'll be cat claw marks by the end of this on yeah. Villa Park. Uh, I, I'd be more on the Swansea side of this than I would be on the Aston Villa side. Yeah. La- I mean, last week, Amavi didn't even start. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's... They, they put Alan Hutton in, and of course, he, he got well, unlucky Hutton... with the own goal, but... Hutton's been... Hutton was starting in place of uh, Bakuna, but somebody I think somebody else was on the other side for Hutton, now that I have my lineups gone from last weekend, but... Um... Here in Richardson? It might have been Richardson, actually. Yeah, it's I don't, I don't get it. Like, Amavi is one of their best players, so maybe, I mean, it's early in the season. I don't know what you got, what Aston Villa has to rest for. So, I don't know. It's uh, there's been talk that Sherwood's on the hot seat, which I think he's essentially been on the hot seat since he started. And mm-hmm. the name that's being bandied around now is David Moyes, which is makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it, to would, say. it would be the right guy. Yeah, uh, but Sherwood, I think, has. He just always has seemed over his head. The Spurs yeah. job was much bigger than, than what's, he was. What's weird about Aston Villa, you know, if you ask people, what's the second biggest city in England? You know, because London's obviously the biggest city. Yep. They would say, you know, like, oh, it's got to be Manchester. Nope. Oh, maybe it's Liverpool. Nope. <laughs> it's Birmingham. Yeah. And there is not a professional team from Birmingham that is of any note. <laughs> you, it, you have Aston Villa and you have West Brom. They're just they're either boring to watch or potentially going out. Aston Villa has a long history uh, yes. at the top flight of the, of English soccer, and it, it it's the American ownership is really. I, I think they're doing that whole city a disservice. I mean that that should be a team that that is up there with you know the likes of. Maybe not necessarily the Chelsea's of the world, but the Everton's of the world for sure. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, they you should wanna... have they should have top tier aspirations. Yeah, they 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 shouldn't be uh, reaching to get to Crystal Palace's level. It's really it's it's really shocking to me, and especially because they they have they're in a city that has you know a large amount of people and therefore you know a, a decent amount of support and yeah, royal support. Yeah, royal support even. That's pr- that's correct. I mean, I think that's the only thing that's keeping them above water right now. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, I think there's just there's just nothing to speak of from the Aston Villa side. Nothing. Yeah, the Sherwood. I think everybody pretty much questioned the Sherwood hiring right away because he he struggled at at Tottenham, and I'm just not sure he's done anything to show that he deserved a job of a team of that caliber. I mean, obviously they were struggling, which is why there was an even opening. But you know, it's a like you said, it's a bigger club than than people give it credit for, and I think they need a, a bigger manager. Obviously, Moyes would fit right in there. Yeah, it, it's it's really it's really shocking, but uh, I I really think there's zero fantasy Premier League value on Aston Villa. Um, yeah, Hutton and Amavi from from in like a games. offensive standpoint, I think you know they do they send in a fair amount of crosses, so I feel like you have to consider them at that point, but you're never going to get a clean sheet from them, so. Um, yeah, there's got to be better options if you're looking that route. Yeah. And I think some of those options may come in the next game that we're going to talk about, which is Leicester at home against Crystal Palace. Maybe not defensive options. <laughs> you know, Crystal Palace, are they're, they're no slouch defensively this season, to be fair. Uh, I mean, Parcher's kind of organized them pretty nicely now. Yeah, they're... Uh, I mean, they're, they're not getting... Get, well, I guess what I'm thinking, they're not get, they may not get you clean sheets, but they're also not... You know they're not. I mean they've they've let up. I think it's what is it? Ten goals in nine games. Yeah, but that's pretty much one a game. Yep. yep. So conversely, you know Manchester City, the defense that we all say, oh, 
we, you could definitely count on them for potentially, you know, a clean sheet potential. They've given up eight goals. I mean, right. it's not like it's a giant disparity between the two teams. Yep, that's fair. So, you know, you know, a guy like Papa Soiree or if Joel Ward returns, so who rumors is he's getting close to returning, yep. correct? Yep. So, I mean, those are two names to, to keep in mind if you're looking defensively. I mean, Leicester's probably not the best of opponents. Um, I mean, if you play first half only, it's a good idea. <laughs> if you play first and second half, it may not be a great idea. Yeah. All uh, those deep first half leagues that but people you, love. You know, we talked a little bit earlier today because you were kind of poking fun at me with all my love of Patrick Bamford. Uh, who's going to start at striker for Crystal Palace? I think it's going to be either Sacco or Balassi. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to play a striker. Yeah, uh, Dwight Gale's they, suspended. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't see what they have with Bamford, but, you know, that's just, you know, just, just, just waste away the Chelsea talent, I guess. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's. A, I mean, we talked about it on the last one, the last podcast, that just there's talk that he's going to get pulled back now, and I'm not sure how anybody could justify him sticking around. Which means he's going to go off to, like, Vitesse. Yeah, in, yep. In... Were they Holland? Yeah, they're in Holland, and he'll be with Lucas Piazon. Yep. Uh, I think Isaiah Brown. I, I think Chelsea have three strikers there. Yeah, it's. I mean, they have like seven or eight guys. It's Chelsea. I think three of them will play the same position are there. Right. Yeah. Is that bad? It's not good. <laughs> All right, but on the Leicester side, Riyad Mahrez. Um, not is he? He can't be worth the price now. Uh, well, he's coming off. He came off the bench. Uh, the last two games, or maybe he didn't even play two games ago. So I'm not sure what's going on. Like, they haven't hinted at anything about an injury. And, I mean, he was in excellent form, so uh, maybe they're resting him for some sort of long Capital One Cup run. But, I mean, he still has double-digit points in all but one game in his last ten, which is kind of crazy. Or last uh, eight, excuse me. So it's not like he doesn't produce, but, yeah, he's it. 10,000 this week on on DraftKings, which is the second highest of all players. Um, but I'm not sure how you can argue with the with the production, right? It's, uh, I mean, if you're going to pay that much, you're going to want someone who's been on good recent form, right? But I mean, he's he had an assist last week, and he he had, like I said, double digit points in seven of, or uh, what is that? Seven of eight. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, and the, the single digit one was I, back I in I August just, still. Yeah, I guess I still hate on Leicester on all. That's times. exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, I think if you're going to play Leicester, you play Vardy instead of Mares. I think so too. But I, like I said, I just don't think he's worth the price. Yeah, it's a large price. Yep, sure is. Especially because, especially if you find out he's not starting, you definitely can't. Well, yeah, yeah. At that point, you don't. But like, would you take him? Would you take Eden Hazard over him? Good question. It's a very good question. I'm just not uh, sure, probably, particularly on this probably, slate. I probably I would, to be honest. On this slate, I'm just not sure you're going to take a lot of other midfielders over Mares, even with that price. I mean, I, I your your upside is significantly smaller when you take a guy like Fabregas at 7,500. Yeah, well, you're chasing assists there, right? That's... But I mean, you're looking at the guys who are. So up from Fabregas, you have Albrighton where you're chasing assists. Cazorla where you're pretty yeah, much well, doing well, the same. With, Albright, with Albrighton, you're getting crosses too, which counts in this. Um, I, yeah, that's fair. Um, Barkley, I'm not sure Barkley has as much upside as Mahrez does, particularly at Arsenal. Mesut Ozil, you're yeah, not you're taking him for goals. Slate, 
Yeah, this especially this Saturday slate. There's just not a lot there. That's so. what I mean. So like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I man, I guess I'm talking myself right back into it. <laughs> but no, uh, I guess so. Um, oh, good lord. That's all I mean. It's just, it's just, yeah, just a complete wasteland on Saturday, I guess. But anyway, well, let's. I mean, uh, obviously, we've got you know the Manchester derby on Sunday. We've got. Well, yeah, I said on Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, we're we're missing a lot of players, which certainly helps with that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, yeah, I've talked. You've talked me into it. Okay, so let's move on though. Uh, we got Norwich and we got West Brom here. Yeah. Uh, Norwich. Who knows who's going to start now? Uh, I, I, you know, it, it, there there's two positions that particularly have my interest. One is who's the you know, if Nathan Redmond starts and then also who's going to start at striker. Yep. So, um, you know, let's let, let's attack it from the Norwich side first, because, you know, West Brom, we know exactly what they are. And it's just a matter of whether you let them off the hook or not. And it's it, it's just frustrating to watch West Brom. Basically, if you pick a West Brom defender, you just turn the game off and hope it winds up zero zero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Dawson it, it, had been sending in a few crosses, but it's. You know, it's so hit or miss with him that you could very well end up with the one cross, one goal allowed, and you're you're you know you yeah. paid for three points. So yeah, I mean, I mean, which Olsen would you rather have, Martin Olsen on, yeah, which or Jonas <laughs> yeah, Olsen on Jonas, Yeah, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> That's how I'll answer the question. Exactly. By the way, not related. Correct. <laughs> not even close. So. Okay, but on the Norwich side, let's talk. Let's go at it from the striker perspective. I mean, first of all, I think I mean, would would there be any value there to any striker? You think if it's Bokani or if it's um, or if it's uh, Cameron Jerome? Jerome? I, I think there is actually, um, because it's at Norwich, that makes me feel a little bit better about it. And I kind of wonder if West Brom, if Tony Pulis doesn't necessarily think he needs to lock it down because Norwich isn't that good. Like kind of you know playing you know, designing your defense to the opponent. And since they're not, you know, Man City or Chelsea, that they don't, you know, they don't struggle to score. Uh, or those teams don't struggle to score. And Norwich is kind of hit or miss that maybe they kind of loosen it up a little bit, which could allow guys like Bokani or Redmond to, to get free. Bokani's got a goal in back-to-back games. Yeah, Doug, you know, just someone, by the way, at the transfer deadline that I talked about, yep. I, I said he is, his path to playing time is clear and he's proven goal scorer, yep. so... Yep, when he scored last week or the first game when he scored, I said, "Yep, Gottlieb nailed that one." Yeah, and then, he'll be hurt and, and, and then he happened to score again, and then he's going to get hurt, and yep. then I'll be on the I'll be on the Andy Carroll train all over again. That's right. Oh, he's back. <laughs> nice he's segue, back. right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I do some things on purpose. Next game is uh, West Ham at home against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Well, well, it's a good thing that Chelsea get him at uh, get him at uh, at West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, it's Upton Park not so friendly to West Ham this season. No, not at all. Much more friendly to the likes of Chelsea, who need every bit of benefit they can get. Yeah. So, um, who's your back for? Oh, who cares at this point? You're not starting any one of them. Um, well, it's more. Does that make you comfortable starting all the West Ham options? Victor I'm Moses is obviously not going to play. I am comfortable starting all the West Ham options, no matter what four is back there. How many West Ham options are there for this game? Three. Who are they? Sako, Kaye, Moses. Moses is out. Oh, sorry, that's Chelsea. right. He can't play. It's alone. So now it's only two. Yeah, now it's and only now two. Now they don't have Moses on one side. So does that kind of throw them off a little bit? No, not 
Yeah. Yeah, because it just doesn't matter. It's not that. I mean, Victor Moses is he's good. I like Victor Moses a lot, but my my point about that is, you know, it just doesn't matter because Chelsea's defense has been that bad. Yeah. Okay. And and it's not Asmir Begovic's fault either. I think Asmir Begovic, if he had any kind of defense in front of him, would be with the top goalkeeper. Yeah. You know, one of the top goalkeepers in the league right this year. He's he's played great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah, but you know, what about West Ham? Or let me rephrase: What do you think about the Chelsea attack? Hazard's obviously back, having started. The uh, obviously. League. Because he came so? back and hit the post in the first minute and then didn't do much else. Well, did anybody did anybody do much else? No, but that's my point. It, it's uh, I, I didn't see a lot of creative spark there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, so it's the offense, you know, even at the end of last season, it was get the ball to Eden Hazard and hopefully he does something great. I think he's tired. Is Oscar hurt? Is there a reason that he's not getting like prolonged run? He's still, I mean, he's still returning from that knee injury, but I just don't think Jose Mourinho likes him yeah. anymore. I don't think he likes his 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 consistency in his effort. That's fair. Especially going back and defending. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, or I guess he came off the bench yesterday. Or was that two days ago? Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just felt like they were much better with him on the field earlier this season, although... Like we kind of said, the goal scoring, well, obviously it was an issue this week, but I feel like they they have pieces that can score, but Mourinho doesn't doesn't focus there at first. And so I, I don't know what to think of this team. I really don't. It, it, I'm very confused. I, I, they, 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 it's a team without an identity right now. It's something that we've accused, you know, the likes of West Ham before. Mm-hmm. Of you know, just of the lower level teams, they just don't they don't know who they are. Yep. So you know, when they try to go at teams, they're all kind of unsure of what they're supposed to do. Yep. It, 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 like I said, the offense used to be get it to Ed and Hazard, see what he does, and watch. And and Diego Costa can't do it by himself. Um, he he was never supposed to. Uh, and Fabregas is just not quick enough to play up front, and he's not good enough to play defensively. Right. So that's kind of the microcosm. They just have a bunch of mismatched pieces trying to play together and they just can't. It's just so strange to see because they, it was the same pieces from last year where they clicked perfectly. Yeah. But they all played 38 straight games right. together. Yeah. It, it, this, I mean, the, the, the fairy dust is worn off. If you <laughs> okay. And, and remember they said at the beginning of the season, you know, the, that defense is committed, but it's not exactly good. Right. And you know it's just coming back to haunt them. And I, I, I mean, if you had to, if if I had to choose one option in this game, it'd be Dimitri Payet. Right. Well, yeah, sure. I, I and I'm wondering if Sako would not be number two. Hmm. Like, hmm. who's the number two option in this game? Um. Yeah. I. I yeah. I would. T- well, I, 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 it's got to be. It's got to be Sako, or it's got to be Costa. Or that's Costa. It. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And Costa needs service. Yep, he he that he does. I think Sako, uh, if I, yeah, Sako is kind of on a little bit of a cold streak. So he's you know not that 
<laughs> Costa's like red hot, but I would put Costa second. I have Hazard pretty low in my rankings this week, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's not make this all about Chelsea, even though I, w- I can have a Chelsea podcast where I just <laughs> yell for 30 minutes every yeah. week and just be fine. Yeah, but be let's go. Let's go on to uh, let's go on to Stoke, everyone's favorite destination when it comes to the fall and the winter. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Stoke at home against Watford, the fighting the gallows. Uh, it's <laughs> I, I actually think Watford are a very good matchup this week. Really? Oh, yeah. break it down for me here. Uh, I think that fantasy wise, there's a lot of a lot of value here. I mean, Stoke traditionally tough at tough at home, but which home team isn't? Yeah. But I don't think Watford are scared of anybody given their style of play, and especially Stoke. Okay. And it, I just I, I'm not going to say it's going to be like three nothing or anything, but I can certainly see you know one nil, two nil, two one Watford pretty wow. easily actually. Oh, pretty easily. Yeah, I, I I'm I, I I would say I'm comfortable predicting that which means that it's never going to happen do you know how but, many goals they've scored this year oh not many at all but can you guess how many goals they've scored i mean my guess is somewhere around like eight mm-hmm. six somewhere in that range six yeah like a goal a game something like that but igalo has a lot of them uh, it would be a goal a game if they played six games but they played nine and they have six goals so yes i agree they will not score three this week but I think you're. I don't know why you're blinded by Odiani Gallo. I I I just I believe in Watford this week for okay. for multiple goals. Okay, I will tell you this: that they have six goals this season. Five have been on the road. So I'll give you that one. So you're saying there's a chance? I'll, let, I'll give that fact to you, and you can use that in your dream I don't narrative. Like, I, I don't like. First of all. Just as an extension of uh, of this midweek podcast that I was unable to attend, I don't like how all these facts are dictating this podcast. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> I like chasing narratives. I like talk discussing narratives and scripts and and strictly opinions. Yeah. But you know, it's okay. I guess this has to be more of an educational show now. Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. But we, I have, we have the whole transfer windows to. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's true. One's coming up faster than you. Yeah, it is, actually. It is. Speaking right, of Patrick but, Bamford. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. yeah, anyway, in all in all seriousness, though, I actually do like, call it a gut feeling, okay. if you know, but I do like I do like um, Watford a lot this weekend. Okay. And your retort, if you have one, would you, are you on the Stoke side? I will hold my opinion about that for later. Uh-huh. I have a funny feeling we're going to have very different teams. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But uh, on the Stoke side, though, we'll get to. So basically, this we're going to cover a lot of this on yeah. the daily dose. So we'll we'll hold that for then. But uh, the last of the Saturday games is the, probably the best one of the day when you're looking for a quality game to watch. So if you're going to watch one this weekend, that's probably going to be it. So the Arsenal at the Emirates against Everton. Yes, Everton just cannot find a good matchup right now. No, I think this is the end of the streak, though. So after this, uh, I think. You'll see a lot of people start looking at those, you know, next four, next six schedules, and there'll be a lot of Everton transfers into like uh, season-long games because it gets much easier after uh, this one. I played; they played what was a Man U last week, and then, or yeah, Man U last week, and then played City recently. Arsenal now, yeah. So recently. the next four, I have to look at it now. Sunderland at home at West Ham, which is actually where you want to play West Ham. Home against Aston Villa. At Burnmouth, home against Palace, at Norwich, home against Leicester, 
at Newcastle, home against Stoke, and that's in, that's the end of 2015. And that's when yeah. you want to get rid of them because then it goes Spurs, City, Chelsea. <laughs> yep. Man, they just they just cannot find a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm probably staying away. I, I don't think that they get shut out um, at, at the Emirates. I just – Arsenal defensively have been so hit or miss this season. Yeah, they're that, coming. Out, they got. They have. They have something they haven't had in a long time. Momentum. Uh, well, let's not get carried away. But yes, I, I would. You could say that. Uh, they're. I feel like they're just as um, capable of putting up a donut after such a huge win. But uh, like I said earlier, Oxlade Chamberlain coming in, I think, gives them a nice uh, added dimension that that doesn't always exist, and you know, will allow them to kind of press a little more. Uh, and force Everton to defend, which is hit or miss as well. Oh, that that I will certainly agree with. <laughs> uh, I, I, to, uh, on that note, is Tim Howard going to lose his job? I don't think so. Mostly because Robles isn't that good either. So they they would have to go out and buy somebody if they were legitimately going to replace Howard. Well, if we can save that for our shenanigans podcast, I would not be shocked if they're in the market for somebody. Yeah, but in the market is much different than being able to actually get somebody money talks and the premier league's got money yeah that's fair all all right let's get to let's get to the better slate though the sunday slate oh my goodness we start off with a nice meaty tyneside derby fill of red cards and no goals probably (laughs) at home against newcastle two teams that desperately need three points and which means they'll both get one uh you don't think uh when all them has four more goals in him no, uh, just as much as uh, I, I can believe that as much as I'll say that Jermaine Defoe gets two goals. I was going to say, this kind of feels like a Jermaine Defoe game, doesn't it? He comes up with these big games. And right. This is about as big as it gets for Sunderland. God. You know, if, they, if, if either Two can play this narrative game. Mike. That's true. It's true. I just hate it when someone plays it better than I do. <laughs> Jermaine Lenz is back, too, after his uh, one-game suspension. Yeah, that'll help. Yes. That'll help. Uh, yes. It won't be the be-all, end-all to solve the Correct. Sunderland problems. Correct. But Big Sam, you know that Big Sam's looking to make this game as ugly as possible. Uh, and if that's which, the case, DeAndre Yedlin time. No, oh, what it means would be something like Fabio Barini time. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> you know, I think Fabio Barini has a, 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 present, a pretty decent uptick in value now. Yeah, I'm... Given his pricing, yeah, yep. Yeah, he'll be he'll be flanked by Lens and one other. It may or may not be Defoe. Defoe and you know they usually they and usually Sam plays with two up front, so he'll be with him. And last time it was Fletcher, correct? Yes. So you nothing, know, Jermaine nothing Defoe screams Jay, points like Fabio well, Berini and my, Stephen my, Fletcher. My point is that your Jermaine Defoe game that 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 takes a hit. Yes, yes. Obviously, he gets the eighty seventh minute winner, but. But that's not exactly a huge game. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, But is it Wijnaldum and Wijnaldum only from the Newcastle side? I think you could definitely look at Mitrovic. What about about a Janmot going defensive? Yep. I think that would be a a decent play as well. I just, uh, you know, certain derbies I feel like can get really tight, and I feel like both of these teams almost like aren't good enough for that. Like, Well, I I don't think there'll be a ton of goals. That's for sure. I'm I'm not... I'm not going to rule that out. That's my problem. You're not going to rule out there being a ton of goals in Sunderland-Newcastle? Because it's Sunderland-Newcastle. 
Ugh, these teams no. against anybody else, then of course. But like we're talking about two teams that really aren't that good defensively. So what what's the thought that all of a sudden that they're going to be able to come up and stop each other? Like, shouldn't there be goals in this one? They're, the attacks are much so. better than the defend than the defenders in this so. game. Especially, I mean, DeAndre Yedlin is starting in this game. That's how bad the defendings are. Is that such a terrible thing that he's starting? I'm just saying. it's. Uh, I wouldn't exactly call him, well, I was going to say elite, but he's obviously not elite. But, like, it's a fairly weak. Jonas Kabul is starting as a center back in this that, game. That's, your, that's a better point. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I'm just picturing. I, just he, I don't think either coach is going to go for it. You know, Big Sam's not going. for yeah, it. Yeah, that well, well, McLaren has to. I mean, after last week, or it was Monday, right? I mean, after that performance, you can't not come out flying. Whether yeah. that means you score or not, I, I mean, I, I think Mitrovic, when all of them are are solid plays, I think you could even consider Ayosi Perez. I wouldn't, but somebody could. I like I like the the options on the Newcastle side more than the Sunderland side. If you have to choose one person in this game, who would it be? Win all them. Okay. And Jan Mvila's looked pretty good too. Uh, I was thinking about him, but yeah. I, I was actually thinking about Yedlin. I think I said Yedlin, didn't I? No, I'm saying that's the number one option to go to. Oh, yeah. I'm serious. You think I'm joking? Yeah, I think that Sunderland have a decent chance to to, to maybe, maybe get a clean sheet, but he'll probably throw some crosses in because that's what Big Sam wants. Yeah, that's the idea. We'll All see. right. We'll see. All right. All right. Let's get on to Bournemouth. Bournemouth yeah. at home against... This, is the, this is the worst game of the day. Yes, the worst game of the day. However, it's Harry Kane watch again. When's he going to score again? <laughs> um, he picked up a little knock, and let me check my Europa League scoreboard here. Well, you looks do like that. they lost to Anderlecht today, and Kane uh, came off the bench, so he's fine. <laughs> so while... You... <laughs> I'm sure Kane's fine. Glenn Murray or Harry Kane is the way I'm going to put this. Um, the fact that you've waited this long shows the descent of Harry Kane. Right. It's, it's that simple. And to me, if he's fallen that far, you got to really pick. Like, I mean, I happened to pick the game that he was going to score, but only because I picked that game three or four different times. Yeah. So it's not really a dependable option. And even against the Burnmouth, you know, can, you can't be confident about anything that's going to happen in this game. Yeah. Yeah, they could just as easily pack it in on them. I think what's kind of amazing is that I think you could make a case for at least one forward from every other team playing on Sunday over Harry Kane. Yeah, I think he's I think he's probably he's either last or second to last among the starting defenders. Forward. Or sorry, forwards. Yeah. forwards. Especially defenders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, th- I think he's a better play than Murray. I think he'll end up taking more shots and what, you know, I'm not, I guess Tottenham been pretty good defensively, so I'm not sure Burnmouth really breaks through, but from the the rest of the slate, um, I would probably take Kane over Barini. I probably wouldn't take him over Lenz though. I think Lenz is a forward in at least DraftKings. I would probably, uh, Mitrovic, I'm, would think about, I mean, that's what it is. Like, you think about it. And then for the other teams, the Manchester Derby, Liverpool, Southampton, I would take their forwards absolutely over Kane. Yeah, you got to say that for sure. Uh, Matt Ritchie? Um, eh. 
I think I think I think the love affair is gone now. I think I think he's, you know, after that after that phenomenal goal and after, you know, just everyone hoping for big things after his double digit double digit season last yeah. year in the championship. You, know, you just got to kind of temper your expectations when you go into the top flight because there is a big difference. No, no Wilson hurts. Um, yeah, but Glenn Murray, he, he hasn't been, he's been no slouch. He, he's been scoring. Yes, that that is true. But I, it's still not. It's still much different than, than Callum Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who says that Glenn Glenn Murray is Callum Wilson is obviously kidding. Yeah, fair. But it, it's Richie's still very cheap on DraftKings though, and on this slate. You have to. You think about it at least. You think about it, like I said. You think about it, but I think there's better options when you look at all the slate on Sunday too. Yeah. All right, but uh, let's get on to the big one of the weekend. The grand, the you know, the the real, the real feature game, the one that's going to be on the big network. Uh, Manchester United at the Theater of Dreams against Manchester City. Red versus blue. Who you got? I'm gonna take City. Ooh, City, even on the road. Even on the road. Yeah, I do. Uh, United went to Russia yesterday. Or was that yesterday? Yeah, Wednesday. Obviously, they get the day until Sunday, but Man City played at home against Sevilla. I think that absolutely will play part of it. United did rest a few guys. I saw Mata didn't start. Um, Who knows what's going on with Memphis Depay. Martial scored. Martial scored, yep. He looked good. Uh, Rooney did not again. So I think you'd kind of toss him aside, but I don't, I, even without Aguero and even without Silva, uh, I don't think you're going to pick a lot of guys. Like if you were ranking just this game, I think it'll take until three or four to get to the first United guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, th- that midfield though has been pretty good though, especially, especially, um, you know, Schneiderlin plus a combination of Schweinsteiger and Carrick. Carrick yeah. Yep, it's been good, but I still don't think that they. I mean, like I said, I, I think the better games are on are wearing the better players from this game are wearing blue, and that's what even with no game. Silva, no Aguero. Yeah, I think De Bruyne is is the best player in this game. I think you can make the argument that Boney is better than any option from Man United. Yaya De- Torre. Can you just imagine the combination of the two, De Bruyne? Sorry, the bony or any then forget it. I'm just being stupid. All right, uh, between so between them, would you start any defender? I wish you could like listen to my head shaking as you <laughs> after you said that. Sorry, what'd you say? The brony. Uh, it, it just sounds like something The Rock would say yes, from WWE. That is exactly anyway. what he says. Actually, oh no, it was Jabroni, right? Yes, it was Jabroni. Sorry. The 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 the, the, uh, the, the D the D the D was silent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, man, we've really gone off the rails. Yeah. All right, uh, so no no defenders here from from either team. No, I wouldn't touch them. No way. So do you think there are a lot of goals or just one or two? I think there are a couple. I, I would I wouldn't be shocked if it was like two one. The most common score, right? I think that is absolutely the in my head. That's the score that will happen. Gotcha. All right, so my. Midfield wise, I mean Juan Mata, would you would you feel comfortable starting him against Manchester City? Yeah, he I think he's actually the only United one. Ander Herrera, I don't think is he's so like hit or miss. He's one of those players that I feel like I feel like what's happening with him is exactly what happened to Mata. That he wasn't playing 
and every time he did play, he played really well, and then he'd just go right back to the bench. And Mata finally was able to lock in his starting spot, and I wonder if Herrera is going to get to that point. Because they're very good with the two of them on the field. Well, then you just run into a problem of how many you – know, who sits then? I mean, you're going to have to sit someone like Rooney or Depay. Well, Depay has been sitting, and Rooney I think should be. I don't think so. That's I'm saying the, 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 the both of them. Well, no, because Mata was there anyway with Depay. Uh, it's a, it's to, to me, Manchester United, there's really not a lot of options you can trust. I, right. But even if you knew who was starting, I feel like Mata has the most upside of all of them. Memphis has been decent because he, he kind of fills that stat sheet, but yeah. it's, you know, with yeah. only one, one goal or, yeah, one Premier League goal, I mean. All right, one, la- one last note for this game, though. Um, Yaya Torre, rumors are starting to buzz already that he's unhappy. Which is crazy. I, I agree. But, yeah, but, you know, the transfer window is coming up, and so they'll, yeah, he'll get the link. Well, I mean, if you're, like, in our, in our season-long leagues, I don't think you own Yaya in either one of them. I don't. Would you be worried? No. You think he's there the rest of the season? Yeah, I do. Yep. My cat agrees. Yeah. So we'll move on to the last game of the weekend, which is Liverpool at home against Southampton. A game that I think will be very interesting and very well played. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's second game, obviously. First right? one at Anfield. First one at Anfield. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of energy, and yeah. it's not, and it won't just be from him. Right. <laughs> I lo- you got to love how animated he gets. He. I was watching, uh, was it after the game? Some interview with him. Yeah, it was probably the one right after. And I was just watching, thinking to myself, I wish he managed the team that I support. Yeah. Like, I. A total rock star. You're so drawn to everything he says. And he he just, like, exudes optimism, which is exactly what you want from a manager, particularly a new manager from yeah. your team. He's uh, like, Alex. Things, He's like Alexander Mitrovich's statement on drugs and scoring personified. <laughs> right. Once you get a little bit of Jurgen Klopp, you just want to get more. Yeah, totally. And what's what's funny is that there's been all of this like anti moneyball talk, at least in the papers that I've you know, the uh Liverpool papers are very anti moneyball and I think it's more just anti John Henry and the Red Sox or Fenway ownership group. But Klopp kind of, whether he is or not, he seems like somebody who is not in the money ball, you know, coaching tree of, I think he just sees the game a specific way and figures out how his player should be in there. And I wonder if that, you know, whether he, I don't know if he's like a stat guy or not, but I wonder if that's going to start trickling in. Uh, it might. And I, well, I think with his specific style, I think you were going to start seeing uh, Daniel Sturridge playing different positions. Yeah. I think he's supposed to be back this week too. Speaking of Sturge, yeah, I think especially if they want if he wants anything to do with um, Benteke, yeah, if he wants to be in the Benteke business, he's going to have to put uh, Sturridge out wide. Yep, which is what got Sturridge Sturridge hated that at Chelsea, so that's why he left. That's why he left. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he if he has success, you know, that obviously changes everything. So we'll mm-hmm. see. All right, but on the Southampton side, Sadio Mane, you got to like him, right? Yeah, just. I'm not sure how I feel anymore about attacking Liverpool in terms, you know, like attacking options against them just because. Oh, well, uh, then is Alberto Moreno or someone like that an option you're thinking about? 
I don't I don't know. I, I'm still I'm still brewing wait. this one because you're, you're taking a wait and see approach with the Liverpool defense. I kind of am only because, I, you know, it's not like Dortmund was like some, you know, shut down defensive side when when Klopp was there and the players that are there, obviously not the guys that he chose. But um, I, well, I, think, I, 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 think I I would be I perfectly think, fine with playing the Southampton attackers. Like, I, think I think people I think people are making the assumption that Klopp is going to try to turn Liverpool into uh, Borussia Dortmund. And I don't know if that's true. I think you're absolutely right. They don't have the players for it. My, yeah, that, that's kind of my point. That's a big part of it. <laughs> He's inherit, He inherited a team that is very different than what he had at Dortmund. Yeah. And I hope that Marco Royce is like immediately linked to them. <laughs> well, and Hummels and yeah. every, every Everybody. Dortmund player. Right. Yeah. I mean, Even though it, Dortmund is playing better now than they have in years since Klopp. You know, it, looks like they're going to make it, like it, a legitimate title chase this year. It is what it is. It is, what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think... I think there's definitely a lot to be said for Jurgen Klopp's era at Borussia Dortmund. What I'm, what I just caution people to, you know, whoever thinks like, oh, they're going to be just like Borussia Dortmund. They're going to be this high pressing all the time, all energy, all just in your face all the time. And I just don't. They just don't have that. They don't have the players. Yeah, I think of recent history, they're the three guys that have really dominated for Dortmund were Robert Lewandowski, Mario Goetze and Royce and Liverpool doesn't have anyone remotely close to the tier that those guys are in. And that's a big difference. Like it's as simple as that. I'd say so. And then I guess a team like Southampton who are deceptively organized to be fair. Mm -hmm. uh, They're very good. Yeah. Yeah. They put up some weird performances, but they're, they're a very good team. Yeah. So yes, I, I would, I would still play Pele. I would still play Mane. Tadic, uh, I'll stay away from the defenders this week. Although for this slate, it's kind of, I'm not sure where you go. Part of me thinks I'll go heavy on Burnmouth, but we'll see. Does it seem well, like that's the play for this four-game slate? Uh, if we think Harry Kane stinks, I think I think I guess you really like. Sunderland. I think the play would be Sunderland. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what I think. All right, but let's uh, you know for good teams though. Let's go to the Saturday slate. Let's go to our good teams on DraftKings. Actually, last weekend my team did pretty well, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know not for nothing. But I I, I kind of <laughs> know what I'm doing sometimes. There you go. All right, but uh, in that case though, I'm gonna start us off here. I'm gonna go with my two defenders and goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I have picked I, like I said, we are gonna have very different teams. <laughs> I picked Jorelio Gomez yes. in goal, Watford, and I have Alan Neom as a defender, both from Watford, and then I have Martin Olsen from Norwich. Hmm. So, you know, uh, two names, two, uh, and didn't and Gomez was the most expensive among the three of them at forty two hundred, with Neom at thirty nine and Martin Olsen at the minimum. The minimum, wow. Uh, I oh sorry, I, I'm assuming the minimum is three. Well, it's got to be close to that. Yeah. I actually picked Whitaker on the other side. I paid 3500 uh, 25, 25 is the minimum, sorry. Oh, okay. So I paid 35 for Whitaker because I think he crosses a little more than Olsen. And so I'll take <clears throat> happily those points. And then I doubled up on the other side of that game. I took Jack Butland and Eric Peters. Yeah, I knew you were going to take Butland because you thought he was going to be the best goalkeeper in the Premier League at the beginning of the season. I'm not. I'm still not ruling that out. He, we, Just, we got a long season to go. And... I think this matchup is fine. I was going to, um, I went right to Glenn Johnson and saw that he was 
an absurd 4,800. So I just went to Peters at 3,400 on the other side. I'll take whoever is on the other side there, whether it's Peters if they throw Jeff Cameron out there or Bardsley or whoever. That's what I'll oh, Phil Bardsley, who I never know what team he's on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my midfield, I paid 5500 for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain after all of my talk that he's going to do well in Ramsey's spot. And then I'm still going back and forth on this uh, other midfield spot between Balassi or Sacco. Oh, Balassi no. is at 63 no. and Sacco oh. is at 62. And whoever starts up front, I want that at Leicester. I do not. They just, uh, it just not because they're not good, but just because I just don't think that Crystal Palace have been consistent enough with no striker on the pitch that they can score a lot of goals, especially from the striker position. Mm. Fair, fair. I'm gonna roll with it though. Yeah. I thought about Jason Punchin at 61. The opportunity, the opportunity is there. I'll give you that. the the The, the opportunity cost as well is probably not that high. Nope. Not as high as you know someone in that matchup would normally get. Right. So that I'll give you. Yeah. I'm going to likely stick with Balassi just because he does a little more across the stat sheet than than Sacco does. And Zaha is just way too up and down for me. And I can't afford Kabai. Yeah. Kabai, you know, Kabai taking penalties is a real, yep, that helps. real benefit to him. Yep. I wasn't willing to change everything around for him, though. Yeah, I, uh, I can't agree more. All right, but my midfielders, I did take Bakary Sacco. Uh, okay. I, even after all of that, it's yeah, just, all, wait, yeah, I, what, I, what the hell? Well, because well, I don't think I don't. I, I still think they're not. I still think they're going to play a striker. I still think they're going to play Bamford. But if they play a striker, then Sacco probably sits. Uh, I disagree. Yeah, who then? Who sits? Zaha. Yeah. Velassi? All right. Zaha has been not that great. He was good two games ago. He had that yes. huge game actually. Yeah, he had one. Yeah, yes. one. Right. You can like I said, he's been very up and down. Yeah, but, but my I think my my point is is that neither Sacco nor uh, neither Sacco nor Belasi have all the skills up front that they would yes. need. Yep. Someone who can hold the ball up if they get pressured. Anyway, so if Sacco but, starts up front and Zaha sits. Do you like Belasi on the wing? Uh, yeah, I I can I can get down with that. Yeah. I, I just you know I, if if they don't use a recognized striker, I will likely sub out Bakary Sacco yeah. for somebody else. Okay. Did you consider Willian at 6,300? He's my other midfielder. Oh, hey. About... <laughs> so the answer to your question, yes, yes I did consider that because okay. I, I, I picked him. And not not because I have any strong – like it's not because like he's a Chelsea guy. It's because he's, he's their best playing player. really well. Yep. And he takes their free kicks. And if Hazard's not on the pitch, I mean, I don't I don't know who's going to take penalties at that point. But... What about – yeah. What about Nathan Redman at 62? I, I, if he starts, that's someone who I was. You'll know though. You'll know. I know, but my my point is that that's who I would sw- sub out Sacco for. Okay. Okay. I'd be more interested subbing out Sacco than I would be uh, Willie on. That's for sure. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right, but or my Robbie but, Brady at fifty three hundred with his cross. Sorry. Robbie Brady at fifty three hundred. No. By a few crosses. No. The problem is that you're pretty. I much... don't take. I don't take defenders who play midfield. I think he's actually playing midfield now. Uh, because they have Whitaker and it's just no, Olsen, I, don't, but, I don't like them. Yeah, the they problem had, I have with Brady is that you're buying pretty much only crosses. Yeah, and seven crosses is great, but it's not enough at fifty three hundred. No, it's not. Uh, I just, just you're right. You're you're one hundred percent right. Okay, but but my my so the, but the one player who we talked about before the podcast who I said, you know, 
you're going to think it's just because I picked him, you know, during the transfer window, and it's Bocani. God. At 4700 Yeah. Um, the price is too good. Yep. The opportunity is too good. And then I also have Alexi Sanchez at 11700 most expensive player, averaging 17.1 points. Uh, I think it's worthwhile. Yep. So, uh, and then Odion Igalo is my final player. So once again, Watford Stoke, we took very different teams. Very much. Who, who knew that Watford Stoke would have such a large impact? Yeah. <laughs> this one's definitely going to be scoreless. Although that helps, I guess. We'll get our clean sheet. That helps me more than you. Yes. Well, no, because I... Actually, no, it helps us both. Yeah, it helps That's us right. both. We both. We both took... We It'll both. help me because I'm only taking the defenders. Yeah. Um, I also had Sanchez, and I also had Bocani. Oh, you took Bocani too? I did. Uh, oh. I was... I thought when when I saw the matchup, I said, "All right, you know, you'll look at, uh, you know, Redmond and Jerome immediately came to mind." And I said, "Wait a minute, no, it's Bukani." When I saw forty seven hundred, I mean that, I'll lock that in. Like I'll, I'll happily take you know four shots. Seth and... Davis Sharpie style. What's that? Seth Davis Sharpie style. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I had enough money left over to spend ninety eight hundred on Jamie Vardy, which I don't. F- I'm still not sure how I feel on. I'll Jamie say Vardy. I do too, because uh, I have 2,900 left. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, there's no way, no reason you should like Igalo that much, but uh, I, you know what? Here's the thing: people get people. I think sometimes confuse the issue here. It's not that you should be getting the most points with the most salary. It's just about getting the most points, regardless of how much salary you use. I, I, that, that that that's 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 the cognitive trick you're playing on yourself. I, I think there are. A number of players who will outscore Igalo, especially if you have twenty eight hundred left. Jamie, obviously, Jamie Vardy's one of them. I considered Dimitri Paye at ninety three hundred, uh, and we talked about it on Paye on the earlier podcast this week. Me and Hesh that um, he's scoring too much, like his conversion rate is way too high. That. Um, he's not going to keep this up. I think it was something like five goals and 17 shots or something like that. And the only reason why I I still consider him is that even if he doesn't score, he still takes a good number of shots. He's got 20 crosses in the last three games. Uh, you know, he draws fouls. So he's got a very good floor, whereas... Take, um, takes penalties. Yep, takes penalties. Um, Vardy... I think Vardy does has a, a pretty good floor also just because he's taking so many shots. I mean, he's got, what is that, 15, 24 shots in the last four games. I mean, that's insane. That's like Ronaldo level. Who knew that Jamie Vardy and Cristiano Ronaldo would be in the same sentence? Well, they'll be in the same sentence next year when they said, well, Riyad Mahrez, who used to be teammates with Jamie Vardy at Leicester, is now at Real Madrid. No, that, they're going to say that about Eden Hazard, if you believe all the yeah. rumors that are out there now. Yeah. Even uh, Wilmot's saying uh, that that Hazard should go. Yeah, that's a done deal. Done deal, Mike. And you're going to get Isco back. <sighs> Whatever. And Koke and Griezmann. Right. Actually, that would be a good trade. Yeah. That, that <laughs> I'll won't take happen. That. I'll take that trade. That won't happen. <laughs> you know, it will not. No, but I mean, it's just, it, it, this weekend, especially the Saturday slate, you know, this is one of those slates where a lot of a lot of the teams are pretty much equal. Yeah. Yep. This should be fun. 
it will be fun. I can promise you that. So on that on that note, we will end this episode of the Roadwire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We're having a little bit too much fun here, so we'll let everyone have it while they watch their games this weekend. And remember, stay in touch with us on the Twitter at SportsByGotti for me and at Rotowire Andrew for Mr. Laird. We are out. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.